When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is actor Adam Pally, who is best known for starring as Max in the series Happy Endings and as Dr. Peter Prentice in The Mindy Project. His latest show is the series Champagne Ill on Hulu, which he stars alongside Sam Richardson. This interview was recorded at the beginning of October over the internet, so please forgive any audio weirdness. As you were coming on, we were actually just talking about um, Upright Citizens Brigade and um, just like what improv is going to be like in doing that live again. And I don't know, have, have you thought about that? Because a lot of the stuff we're, we're going to talk about today is films and TV stuff, which is recorded in person, but um, versus being in front of a live audience, like where do you stand with that? I do miss performing live. I started doing it a little bit again uh, recently in the last like couple months, um, just like trying out stand up a little bit and some, I wouldn't even call it stand up, just like some bits um, at Yasser's show and um, Z-Way's show. And I've just really been having fun, like kind of seeing what else I can do uh, on stage. Um, and it's, I never wrote or thought like that. And I think it's because I always had improv to kind of fall back on because it's like, improv while it's great and you need to learn how to do it it is like the least amount of work you need to do to get on stage you know you can literally like show up once a week get on stage and be good you know it's like you don't have to rehearse because rehearsing just just ruins it anyway so it's like um i think now knowing that you can't really do that anymore it's i think i'm having an easier time writing for myself in that way where it's like because i have no other choice there's no other way to get like your jokes out okay i do want to talk about uh champagne ill and mm -hmm. first thing is it champagne ill or champagne ill or champagne you know ill definitely not the second way um it's uh i think it's just champagne ill like the way you would the way you would abbreviate illinois using the double entendre similar to to happy endings if you will very good. And speak of that, it's uh, created by some of the writers and uh, producers of Happy Endings, right? Correct. Yes. David Casp and uh, the Libman brothers. Um, they, uh, they were big, big parts of Happy Endings. David Casp, the creator, um, he created the show too. And it is, uh, yeah, it's, it has that same kind of fast patter that they're known for and, and that I really love to do. Um, so uh, it's, it, I think people will, fans will recognize that. And like you call it fast patter is how much of that comes from like scripting versus like the editing versus like performing it? Uh, I think it's a mix of all three. I think that that David is one of his skills um, his, or like his like super skills is that he's an insanely good editor. And um, the Libmans are really good with dialogue and, and kind of wordplay and stuff. And and then I think I I kind of come from that like Neil Simon 
kind of delivery school. And so it's like a kind of a nice, it's a nice match. Now I like the Neil Simon references. I, I think there's like that certain rhythm he has in plays. Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm raised on stuff like that. And so I think, you know, even actors like, you know, Matthew Broderick, you know, people like that, they, there's a comedic patter that they are really great with. And I think that Casp and the Livens write to that really well. And then um, the, I got to see a few of the episodes, but uh, for people who haven't seen the show, what's it about and how would you describe it? I would describe it as a, a comedy, uh, first and foremost. It's a, a situational comedy about um, a famous rapper's crew who has to survive after the famous rapper um, unceremoniously passes away. And the famous rapper is played by Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow, yeah, who does just an amazing. That's him singing. That's him rapping. Um, he's so Jay Farrow is like the most he, he, talent like oozes from Jay. You know, like it comes out of every pore. But then your your other partner in crime there, Sam Richardson, the mighty. Yeah, I would say excellent. You guys, amazing uh, chemistry between you guys is insane. And how much of that is just from you knowing each other or not knowing each other, or is it the script or just, hey, we just lucked out? I think it was like, we went out to dinner before we were gonna do it and we kind of like hit it off. And we had met at a oddly, oddly a Run the Jewels concert. Um, I don't want that to be representation at all of like who we are, but <laughs> like, as far as like visually, but um, we, we met there and it was like, we were having such a good time doing bits. And I had worked with all of Veep pretty much. And um, it was actually, I was doing a play with Anna Klumsky and she was like, Sam, you're gonna, she's, she was like, you two will hit it off. You, you two will be perfect. And we were, and we, we really, it was like one of those people that you meet and it's just like, did we go to camp together? Did we grow up together? Did we, you know? And um, I feel that way about Tim too. You know, I've, I've worked with Tim for a long time. He was on Making History with me and, and um, he was in, the Libbins had a, a pilot at Comedy Central a couple years ago with Gil Azari that Tim was in that I was working on. And I, I, uh, I feel that way about him too. He's like, the, there's some people you meet in comedy that you're just like, have we known each other forever? You know, and I, I feel like Sam is one of those people. Well, and you were talking, we were talking about the, like that, the pattern, the rhythm of the, like the dialogue and like the scene flow. But I feel like Sam also has very unique, I, I don't even know how to qu qualify the way his energy is, but you see it throughout his performances, whether on Veep or in other movies. And how did you find that energy kind of meshed with yours when it came to just like, now we're actually filming it, you know? I really try hard to, to, to work well with any co-star I have. I feel like that is, it's so important that you get along, uh, even in movies where you're like supposed to hate each other or, you know, it's like, I really like, I really like uh, when you have the energy of someone else to build your collective energy together. And, and I pride myself on trying to find that right, like level and pitch with whoever I'm working with. Um, and with Sam, it was not hard trying to kind of each felt the same tone. And then the material is really strong, you know, as an actor being given this kind of role that's like set kind of unlikable, you know, he's like a drug addict. He's, he's a drug addict who has no life skills um, and is and feels entitled. It's like to make that likable, that's what a gift from, from writers. And I think both Sam, Sam and I as actors really relish the opportunity to, to like, 
sink into that not just not just the the uh, gag of it but the realism of like what would happen if if drake died to all those guys you know and also like there's like a difference to it because you're both in a way your own kind of like high status idiot you know <laughs> yes totally yes of course we're very different we have different um addictions and and we've come we've come out of the war differently i would say that's a good way to describe it um i want to ask you about your eyes and i really do mean this sincerely i'm not trying to be a smart ass or be funny but there are times when i'm watching champagne ill that you have like this little flare you do where it's just like your eyes open up just a tad more than normal. And it's like, it reminds me sometimes of like, like Will Ferrell has these crazy eyes as well. And it's a different kind of crazy eye, but yours are more like when Ronnie is being like confronted or uh, especially about a lie. I noticed like, it's like his shield is his eyes. And I'm wondering, A, are you aware of, of this and how ridiculous it is that just a subtle move your eyes can just completely change the scene? Um, I am aware that I have crazy eyes. I am aware that, that I, that, and I'm aware that my like rhythmic pattern and my, um, choices of both like speech and, and looks are surprising, which can sometimes lead to like being humorous, uh, at, at, at odd times. Um, but, uh, and as an actor, yeah, I really, 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 really work hard when I'm working, when I'm on set to not say it all with like, like I, it's very easy for me to fill a room with words. And especially on a show like this, where it is only Sam and I for a lot of it, you know, there's no B stories, there's no other characters. It's just the two of us really. And like, we are, um, you have to keep that ball in the air. And so in order to do that, sometimes you gotta like not talk. And, and I try really hard to convey that, you know, w without trying too hard. I think it comes across that way to me. And I don't know why I picked up on it. Thank you very much. It's very kind for anybody oh. to be paying that much attention to your performance. <laughs> uh, well, I wanna ask you about, uh, I think it was the third episode. And um, I just wanna ask you about um, a particular scene and it's the opening and it's like Ronnie and Alf they're like on their bed side by side kind of discussing ideas like ones for like celebrity liquor another mm. one's like internet that's a good run people. that's yeah. a good run yeah and, and then later as we watch the um, episode we see that it's they're like yeah we've really gotten over this grief pretty quickly and we kind of see glimpses of how they're doing throughout the episode um, mm -hmm. but for that opening scene in particular um, how much of it's scripted and then how do you find a balance with Ronnie being because he's very genuine and unguarded um, when it's just you and Sam together but then there's other moments where he's like very defiant and indifferent to others how do you balance that and how did that scene get filmed it was made kind of all at once kind of we shot the whole show we had the luxury of shooting the whole show knowing we were going to shoot the whole show so we didn't have to take a break we could just kind of set it up almost like a movie. And so if we had a location, we could kind of bang it out and stuff like that. And I think that sometimes that can really help with story on a show because you're able to see stuff in real time and change accordingly. Um, as far as improvised, it was not improvised. Most of the show was written. I mean, there are bits like 
you'll see alts and stuff. And we, 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 we put some of the, the, that stuff in the end of the uh, episode. Cause I like bloopers and stuff. I think that that's fun. And like, we're not trying to, <laughs> we're not trying to pretend that this isn't a show. Like, you know, what's going on here, you know? This show was made, I think, for YouTube originals originally, and now Hulu is uh, picking up and streaming it. Why do you think people should check this out who, who don't know about the show? Like, there's so much good stuff out, right? Like, I can't even, there are shows out that are great that I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what who is in them or what they are. So the idea that a show on its first release, especially on a network that like maybe wasn't experienced or going through changes or who knows how these things happen or why um, doesn't get the chance it needs to grow, you know, um, it's now being seen again. And, and who cares? Like it's new, it's new to you. Like I watched Shit's Creek in a full weekend, like brand new to me. And I loved it every second of it. And I kept wanting more, you know? So and, and it had been on pop for like at least four years before I got my eyes on it, five years, you know? So it's like, to me, it doesn't, it's, it's all just part of the new way that all, that, all of this works. And, and I'm really thankful that people are getting a second chance to get eyes on it because I, I think that it deserves it. I think it's really good. I completely agree. I've, I've seen three episodes now and I'm very excited to watch the rest of it. Oh um, yeah. Episode six is a real doozer. Oh yeah, I think that's the one that's all in one take. Six or seven. We did one in all in one take. Really? Yeah. That sounds insane. Like I've, uh, I mean, I did like short films and like stuff that, or it's kind of throwaway stuff. But even just doing like a, like a, a camera move with a one take, let alone a you know an entire episode, that must be an, especially like a comedy. How does that work? You'll have to watch to find out. But <laughs> I'm really, I'm really proud of it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so the name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. Adam, what's your current obsession? Uh, my current obsession is I Think You Should Leave, the Tim Robinson Netflix show. Um, I watch it like once a day, probably. It's like comfort food for me. I think it's so funny. I think Tim is the funniest human being. Yeah, I think that's probably my biggest obsession right now. And I show it to all my friends and I make them watch it. And, you know, it's kind of a barometer. Like, if you don't like this, then I don't think we can hang out. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I'm. you were talking about, like, Shit Creek. That was the show for me where I ever heard, it was kind of, everyone was talking about his show. And I'm like, I don't know. And then you watch it, I'm like, binge the whole thing. It was so good. Oh, it's so Shit Creek's amazing. Yeah, Shit's Creek's amazing. Well, I mean, no, but I'm saying with Tim's show, was, that was like the Shit's Creek for me where it's like. I, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Tim's show, you can binge in like 40 minutes. <laughs> it's, yeah, it goes like very fast. It um, goes down easy. Um, a lot of people know you best from playing Peter on the Mindy Project. And when you look back on that show and the work you did, what comes to mind? Uh, so much. It was a huge learning experience. Like, um, 
going from Happy Endings, which was my first job in TV, into the Mindy Project, which is like, it was like totally different the way it worked. And like Mindy is such a star and she's so, she does everything. It's like, she's, she's, she's a one-stop shop and I got to see it happen, like floor, like I got to watch the whole thing work. It gave me a lot of goals to achieve. And also like, just like a lot, like I really learned so much on that show and learned from Ike uh, Barinholtz, who is, who is just a great actor and a great friend and uh, a great guy. And um, yeah, I mean, everybody there is so nice. And I, I really like, I think that's the thing I took from it is just like how to be efficient. You've referenced and we've, we've kind of talked around um, the show Happy Endings a few times. There's such a loyal fan base for that show. And I'm wondering, um, I've noticed in a lot of things you've done in your career uh, are ensemble comedies. And what is the appeal of, of being in an ensemble where there might be like one or two leads, but for the most part, it's a group of characters. I mean, look, believe me, I'd love to do a movie or a show where I was the only actor dying to. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to see that. Um, but no, I, I, I thrive. I think it's like similar to the reason I like living in New York. It's like I, I thrive off of the energy of, of other people. And I, I really like new, exciting energy and, and being in an ensemble, especially a really strong one, you're getting it from every direction. So you're just like constantly at a, at a high level. And I think the work is better. Um, so if you can take your ego out of it as someone who works in our business, you're often better served with stronger scene partners. And does that like apply to also like creative teams too or, and writers? Creative teams and writers are a little different because it is taste based and, and like, you know, so is acting, but for the most part, it's like, if you're talking about working with another actor, it's really about just being in it with them. It's not about watching it later. It doesn't matter. So I would say it's a little different with writers and actors because a good story is a good story and it can come from anywhere and a good idea can come from anywhere and you don't want to judge it by its resume. So you have to be more open on that side to me. Similar with, with an actor, you want to be open. A good actor can come from anywhere. But you, when you get a real, when you're working with a really good actor, you know it and you can tell and you're like, it's exciting. <laughs> well, and I wonder, you, you referenced um, Happy Endings being like the first like project you did like that. If you could go back in time now after having completed um, all the works and movies you've been in, and give yourself a piece of advice back then, what would it be? I probably didn't need to be so thirsty, which is a young person slang. Um, I think in my youth, I wanted the world. I wanted everything. And I worked my ass off all the time to get it or what I thought was it. And I think in my, as I've gotten older, I've slowed down in a good way and realize that the things that I do are more important than the next thing I do. That's really beautiful actually. Um, and I feel horrible asking this question as a follow-up, but emphasizing the future a little bit, you've done a, a lot of different types of characters, but are there certain characters that you haven't played that you would love to play or a certain kind of show or film you, you haven't done yet that you'd like to do? Um, yeah, I'd like to do everything. Um, I think as I get older, you know, 
I think the reason you see a lot of comedians do drama is because there's a certain element of like a challenge. Like I want to, I, I want something new. I want that feeling of like, is this going to be good? Is it not going to be good? Whereas like you kind of know what you're getting after you settle into your pocket in your job. You know what I mean? You know how to, you, you know, like I could make a big comedy today if I wanted to, to, and I would, you would kind of know what you were getting, you would say. Um, so I think the goal is to always be getting that feeling of like, is this going to be good? And um, I, uh, it's, that's very different than like an athlete or, you know what I mean? Where like the goal is to be like, I am, con I control this situation and I know that I'm the best at it. Like as an actor, you don't love that confidence because it means that you're not open to changing what you're doing, you know, which is like <laughs> what has to happen all the time. So um, yeah, I would love to do drama. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to do a little bit of everything, you know? I wanna wrap up our interview. We do a thing called pick one. I give you a couple options, you pick one. Doesn't mean the one you pick is better than the other. Let's play pick one. All right, so the first one I have for you, Adam, is pick one, custard cup or Cold Stone Creamery? Wholesome creamery. Are you sure about that? That might be one you want to think about. No, I'm good. I don't have a big custard. I don't, it's like, what is this? An ice cream or yogurt? Make a decision. I agree with the custard analogy, but the reason I was maybe tipping the other way is custard cup is apparently the place, the of ice cream places in Champaign, Illinois. Champagne ill. I love champagne. Ill. It's funny. <laughs> when this show first came out, it was interesting. It was a different time. I, it was it was like 2018 and um like i guess the best way to say is like the streets were hot like people were amped up online you know and i remember when it first came out there was like a backlash from people that actually lived in champaign illinois who were like they didn't shoot a frame of that here <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't you know where they they didn't shoot Star Wars in space. <laughs> yeah. But I remember being like, this is so, and it was so of the time, because like you don't see as much of that kind of weird like online trolling. Now maybe you do, I just don't see it. But like at the time, it was like the height of like online stupidity. And there was like quite a bit of people that were like really upset that we didn't film in Champaign, Illinois, yet we called the show it. It's like, I don't want to tell you, like it's better taxes in Atlanta. <laughs> I was gonna remember like that that photo of like uh Steven Spielberg with one of the dead dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and people are like all upset that he's taking a like he hunted the animal you're like it's not a real thing it never ex it doesn't exist oh yeah <laughs> it's like oh, that yeah. kind of I troll saw, I saw a um a video of uh Dave Grohl playing Nirvana songs with the whole Nirvana band and Beck was the lead singer and in the comments it was like the f does beck have any right to be playing with nirvana well i mean dave Grohl, and then they were like the foo fighters are out there covering nirvana and it's like is he so easy to google but it just like went right out there's like these and, and like these tweets about like look at this head foo fighters covering nirvana and you're like it's the same person you, you know, it's on the internet. 
They're like, yeah, what's up with this like Paul McCartney guy doing these Beatles songs? Come on. Yeah. It's like the guy from Wings is playing Beatles. Track <laughs> now. The guy from Wings is doing Beatles track. Exactly. But but there is that certain level of like you just can scream it out. So but it, I I so to all the people of Champagne uh ill, um I love you and I can't wait to get back, but I'm not gonna have your creamery. Uh next one, uh pick one, DuckTales or the Mandalorian. Man, I mean I love I love them both. It was like so it was like being it was like getting to be a kid again, you know, um, in one year. Um, can I can I pick both? Yeah, you can pick both. That's fair. I'm gonna. Can you talk about what it was like going to a different planet and filming The Mandalorian? No, I'm kidding. It was awesome. It was everything you dream of. Like, you know, I got to ride a, a bike, uh, a hover bike. I got to punch Baby Yoda. Um, I was directed by Taika Waititi. I was my scene partner was. Ted Lasso is great. I mean, it's like, what more? It was a dream experience. What more could you like? I'm so happy to have that in mind. Yeah, it feels like it does feel like culture bingo. Like, they're like, really, I mean, there's not much else you could add to that card. No, it's 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 perfect. And I'm, I'm happy with my little slice of Star Wars. All right. And the last one I have for you, um, pick one, TV, film, theater, or improv? Definitely not improv. Probably not theater. No, yeah, no, I don't think there's any different. Like movies are and TV, it's all the same. It's just where you're working at the moment. So I would say I, I like to do that. And I, in the last two years, is I haven't gotten to do it as much as I like. And so I would, I'm looking forward to like doing more of it. Man, I'm looking forward to doing more of it too, dude. I'm a big fan of your work. And um, I really do hope um, more people and a lot more people are going to watch uh, Champagne Hill. So, oh, I really, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you uh, talking to me, really. Thank you. I want to thank Adam for chatting with me. And I want to thank you for listening. You can watch Champagne Hill on Hulu. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleamer. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care. <laughs>